So welcome. Today we have Stacy Stanley, the Director of Workers' Compensation for First Residential. Welcome, Stacy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Happy Monday. Yes, it is. <laughs> so tell me, Stacy, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and can you tell me a little bit about First Residential before we kind of go into our further conversation? Sure. So I am um, the director here at First Service Residential. We are a large property management company, one of the largest in North America, and I handle their workers' compensation program for the South. So the company is based by region, and I handle the South region, which entails the state of Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, North and South Carolina, Alabama, and some properties in Mississippi. Um, We are large. I have about 8,000 associates under my belt. So um, it's property management. You know, most of my injured workers are my laborers, which are my maintenance workers, um, chief engineers, housekeepers, janitors, groundskeepers, valet, front desk, anything that entails managing those properties. Um, We do manage high-end properties like um, condos and um, some HOAs, right? So, you know, house communities, um, but mainly the bulk of the business in the is, is, in, is in the high-rise industry. Wow. That sounds like a lot, Stacey, especially when you said 8,000. That's a lot. <laughs> a lot of responsibility. But it I think is. you did an amazing job Thank at you. it. So thank you for sharing that now i want to know a little bit about you stacy can you tell me a little bit about yourself so i um i am a people person right i think right if you were to tell me my worst punishment would be solitary confinement i probably would just die <laughs> so which makes me pretty good at what i do because this industry of course as we all know in people. Without people, we would have no jobs, none of us. Um, And so I love interacting with my colleagues, interacting with all of those associates that I just mentioned that I don't know. And, you know, all of them do have different personalities, some very good, some not so very good. But at the end of the day, I do realize that we're people and whatever happens to us does... um, it does kind of put us where the turnout's going to be, right? We react differently. And so understanding that about individuals helps that basis to get along. Absolutely. I love that about you. And I always say, and you've probably heard me say this or have read it on Bloom Magazine, that Bloom Magazine is about the most important part of the workers' compensation community, and that is the people. Like you said, there would we wouldn't have jobs, right, if there was no people. So I love that you said that, because <laughs> it is. It is all about the people, and, and it is the most important part. And I know you're super friendly, and I've ever since I first met you, you know, you've always been so, like, just welcoming, and that's important, because not everybody, unfortunately, gets that, that it is important to, to be nice to people <laughs> and thank be welcoming. You. So thank you, Stacey. Um, Um, How about, so how did you get into the workers' comp industry? So it's funny, right? Because I think one thing about workers' comp is you never really wake up and say, when I grow up, I'm going to do workers' comp, right? (laughs) Unless you're my daughter 
who's been going to every workers comp conference and she's like hello i'm gonna be workers comp this is the workers comp department like she knows it and she gets it because her mom's in the industry but for for the normal and regular people nobody says oh i want to do that and so i started my career very early when i used to work for the cruise line industry i used to work for royal caribbean cruises and i remember when i got to the risk management department um they had like this little tiny section for workers comp for shoreside associates because of course everything i did dealt with the ship and all the shipboard employees which is a completely different entity than workers comp it's still kind of like a division of workers comp but the rules the regulations and and the way that that works is so completely different and i remember my boss saying, hey, you know, I think you're gonna be really good doing workers comp. And I'm like, I don't even know anything about workers comp. Like, you can't tell me I'm gonna be good at something and I don't even know anything about it. And they were like, no, no, no. We think you'll be pretty good at it. And it was like a Thursday. And on Monday, I had all these workers comp files. Oh my God. <laughs> sitting on my desk. And they were like, yeah, you're the new workers comp person. So it was kind of like thrust upon me. There's one thing about me is I'm resilient and and I don't really walk away from a challenge. I find every challenge should be a learning experience and I'm all about learning. And so when that happened, I was like, okay, I am just gonna embrace this and I'm gonna learn all about it and I'm gonna do what I need to do. And I remember going to my very first workers comp conference and for me, it was not about socialization. I was there to learn everything I could possibly learn about workers' comp. And I came back with all of this knowledge. It was maybe a little bit of overload. And I was like, we are so not doing things right. <laughs> and it was then that I decided that I was going to make sure that Royal Caribbean had a proper running workers compensation program and i actually created their workers comp program wow that is so impressive that is awesome i can i can already picture you at that first conference <laughs> studying <laughs> everybody else having a great time and you're like no i'm here to learn <laughs> i'm gonna make this work that is such a good story so now how long have you been in the workers comp industry since that happened so it's been almost 20 years. I think it's about this year would be 18 years that I've been dealing with workers comp. One thing I learned about this industry is you either love it or you hate it. Very few people are middle of the road. And from the first time that I decided, okay, I'm going to learn this. I was like, the more I learned was the more I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. And now I can honestly, genuinely tell you. I love workers comp. I love what I do. I love the people that I work with. I love the people that I meet along the way. I love most of the doctors. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and, you know, and believe it or not, even, even on, on the legal side, I mean, obviously I love my attorneys because I pick them, but you know, um, the dark side, I call it the dark side and no offense, right? To anybody who wants to be a claim of claimant's attorney, but some of them I really love because they genuinely do the right thing and they're in it to make sure the injured worker is actually getting all that they need. 
Absolutely. You made such a good point in that. And I had that realization. It's almost been a year now because in my mind, when I started, I was, oh, I was kind of jaded, I would say, because everyone was like, don't talk to those um, plaintiff attorneys. They're just bad people. Like, stay away from them. Like, I was always like, you're a plaintiff attorney. I, I don't want to talk to you. Like, I, I was just because that's what I was told, right? Like, in my learning process. But then I met these um, most wonderful plaintiff attorneys, right? And um, they were really, really there to protect that you know, person that got hurt. They, so just learning from them and talking to them gave me a whole new perspective now on plane of attorneys versus the defense. I mean, I, I, I'm open to speaking to, to both sides now <laughs> before I wasn't talking to them, but now I'm open because they're great people. And of course, you're going to always have those bad ones that, you know, can create it and give that perception to other people. But um, it was a good learning lesson for me, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> so what is your favorite part of your job of what you do now today, like in your current role? So I got to say that the company, right, for Service Residential is a company that actually meets my core values. We have and we share the same beliefs. So that aspect alone makes going to work enjoyable because I know when I walk into the office or I walk into that building, I am with people who are in alignment with me. And it's all right. The, the bulk of the business and the nature of the business is about people. Absolutely. The nature of the business of workers comp is about people and you get what you put in, right? What, whatever reaction you have, you control that. You can't control what other people do, but you can control your reaction. And it is refreshing to know that I work for a company or an organization that aligns with how I feel on a personal level. I love that. Are there any kind of projects that you're working on right now that um, are different or maybe are, I don't know, just some fun projects that you're working on for the company right now? Yes, so I'm proud that we, we started um, this program, Maintenance Matters. Um, that was something that the company and organization started years ago, but it aligned with my department, right? Because the bulk of our injuries come from our maintenance staff. And we, we sat down and we looked at all of the um, data that we had and the, and the expenditure and the finances. And we were like, wow, we spend a lot on, on injuries on the maintenance team. And so we started this program that we were going to go ahead and, and make these people feel super important as they are for the company and the organization. Look, I'm good at what I do, but please don't ask me to come to your property and fix anything, right? Because it is not going to happen. I don't know how to do half the stuff that these maintenance um, personnel know how to do. Along with that, we've started our safety committees, right? So for our region, we're huge, the South. We do have four different markets in that region. And of the four markets, um, we have a very fluid running safety committee. We have another one in another market that maybe needs a little bit of attention. And my goal is to have four safety committees for all four markets that are actually fully functioning safety committees. That is awesome, Stacy. I think that that's so important for an employer right? To have those types of initiatives, I think it truly makes a difference overall. 
just on your employees overall, not necessarily just for workers' comp, but it just makes a difference overall. So kudos to you and to First Service Resident. <laughs> awesome. Keep up the good work. Um, as a woman leader managing your team, do you find it a little bit more challenging or do you not find any challenges with that? No, I think it is a little bit more challenging because I think the nature, so that saying men are from Mars and women are from Venus is so very true. <laughs> My husband, right? He works really hard, but he's able to like go to work and concentrate on work. And that's all that matters. I don't have that luxury. I have to, so I do have a family, right? I've got two small kids, a 10 year old and a seven year old that I adore very much. And they're a very, very important job for me. Um, and then I have, I'm in that bracket where you got little kids and an aging parent. And you know, that saying once a man, twice a child is very true. So I actually probably have three or four children right now, only two that I gave birth to. And so <laughs> balancing the family life and the work life can be challenging. My job's a little bit demanding. Um, we work really hard. I have um, over 400 plus accidents or incidents on an annual basis. And sometimes there's seven accidents that come in one day. Um, I have a, a legal obligation to report these severe injuries to OSHA. And of course I'm, de I'm dealing with the litigation on some of the claims and a litigated claim, right? Is twice as much money as a regular claim and twice as much of my time. And so while I'd love to check out I, I can't always check out, but what I learned and what the company taught me is this saying that we say, be here now. And so when my kids need my attention outside of a life and death emergency, I have to check out so I can give them my undivided attention. And I'm like, okay, be here now. I'm here now with my kids and I'm gonna be here for the time that I put forth or the time that they need me. And then when I have that pressing meeting at work or something really important at work, it's be here now. So the kids have to like be put aside. My personal life has to be put aside. And I'm in the moment at that moment for whatever the emergency is. I love that, Stacy. Be here now. It makes total now. sense. I mean, yes, I know it's so difficult for us women when we do have a family. We have to, you know, we have so much different roles that we're playing at all times. And it's hard to find that balance. But I love what you said. That's your employer, you know, is so good about that. Like, be here now. I like that. <laughs> so you, when you're there with your kids, you're present. You're not worrying about all, you know, your employee that needs help. When you're with your employee, you're there for them and not focused on, oh, I need to go shopping for back to school for my kids because you're focused on that employee. I love that. We need more employers like that. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of the questions I had for you kind of answered along the way. So I'm going to kind of skip some stuff here to learn more about you. So what what do you think has changed um, from the from where you are now in this field, in the field of workers' cop since you started? And oh, wow. <laughs> I know. So 20 years ago, you know, I have to say when I got into workers comp and the industry had just changed. Right. And it was not all of these attorneys making money in the workers comp field at that time. Lots of um, plaintiff counsel for workers comp actually were doing other things. Right. Because there wasn't a lot of money 
for them at that time. They didn't have to invest and work up the file like they do today. And so that time actually was good for me because it actually gave me the opportunity to learn about workers' comp, learn about the statute, learn about Florida law, learn about other states, because of course, you know, every state has their own workers' compensation law. And it was refreshing. It was a beautiful time. And it was pretty simple, right? You got injured. We had an obligation to treat you medically. There wasn't a lot of litigation about it. You didn't need to get an attorney because there's no money in workers' comp. All you're getting is a benefit. And then, boom, right? I think 2016, right? The law changed. I think around there, and, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it was 2016. And attorneys, right, could now put in their time, their money, their billable hours. They could start working up the claim and every year, right? And I think COVID has a little bit to do with this um, because your workers' compensation claims are gonna go in like the waves in the ocean, the way the economy goes. Okay. And so right now our economy's unstable since COVID. Um, we haven't had a lot of stable stability since 2020. And I've watched actually my litigation board just grow and grow. And I was like, is it us? <laughs> is it something we're doing wrong? And I realized, no. When I looked and I analyzed the claims, I go, we've done everything we've always done. We've done everything right. It's just the mentality of people, attorneys. Listen, I drove, I decided I was going to count every billboard from the drive from Miami to Orlando, right? And I didn't do it early in the game, but I was just looking and, and because I had the luxury to be a passenger, it's always <laughs> good to be the passenger. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, let me just count how many billboards. So I probably started probably Jupiter, right? Till I got to Orlando and there was 24 billboards on, have you ever been injured? Right. And I go, it, even if you wanted to ignore it, you can't, it's, it's on a billboard, it's on a magazine, it's on a bus driving by, it's on every commercial, right? You know, I, was, I remember cleaning and I had the TV on. I didn't even, I wasn't even watching it. It was just, you know, you kind of hear it in the background. And I, all of a sudden I heard, if you've ever been injured, stop, document where you've been, take <laughs> pictures if you can, ask for witness names and statements, and then call the law offices, uh, oh, yeah. right? And I was like, oh. one pain. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, not only that, though, you can also I, I also hear it a lot. The minute you get in the car and if you're listening to the radio, I try not to listen too much to radio nowadays and I'll just play, play my phone, you know, my music on my phone. But when I for whatever reason, I do have the radio, it's commercials and commercials and 90 percent of them are attorneys. You can't and, escape it. No. No, you, you really can't. And if you don't know, like we're, you know, we understand and we know, but if you're someone that doesn't know, you're thinking there's this huge pot of gold. I'm going to make so much money. I'm going to, because of the, those commercials. Um, yeah. and it's not true. <laughs> no, it's really sad though. It's so my sad. Next, well, sorry, sorry. Go. <laughs> no, I was going to say it's really sad because, you know, sometimes you know, these people don't know what they're doing. It's just, it's ingrained, call, call, call. So they feel they need to call, right? And then at the end of the day, if you actually get to ask the question, so why did you call the lawyer? And they were like, I don't know. I didn't even know I signed up. You're supposed to, <laughs> this is what I'm supposed to do. But I've also seen it too, where um, 
it's also like a family thing, right? Like if you get like family members that if they've experienced it, they're going to tell you like, oh, you need oh, to get an attorney. Yeah. <laughs> or if they, they don't even know what they're talking about. Oh yeah, you need to get an attorney. Because I've seen mm-hmm. that too, where like, <laughs> especially like in Miami, for some reason, it's bad. It's bad in Miami. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. It is. It's really <laughs> bad. <laughs> so what's one thing? um that you right now like in the field do you feel that is like a major trend that's happening that is good or maybe it's not good how, how do you see the, the field right now current um that's a really good question because every time I think there's a trend it's it's like a new trend or it's not a trend um I will say this that what I've noticed is recently I've been getting you know, people like some of my injured workers are there, they are going litigated, right? So for me, it's a, a pain point. You're probably going to hear me say this a lot only because I've watched my litigation board triple, right? In the last three or four years. And then now what I'm noticing is if John Smith, let's say, we're just going to pull a name out of hat, right? I may not for, let me disclaimer. I may not have an injured worker named John Smith. I'm just pulling out a name, right? All right. right. Or or you know what? Just not to offend anybody or have anybody do research. If Bugs Bunny got uh, injured, right? Bugs Bunny. (laughs) He's going to call Daffy Duck and say, hey, Daffy, you need to call my attorney. Because remember last year when you hurt your shoulder and, and you were like not happy with the doctor or you weren't happy with your pay. My attorney told me this, this, and this. So you should call him. And so now I get a letter of representation for Daffy Duck. Daffy Wright <laughs> calls um, um, Smitty Sam. <laughs> and Smitty Sam all, all of a sudden has hey, the same hey. attorney. <laughs> of course, they all know each other. <laughs> they all know each other. And so that's my new trend. I wish it didn't have to be that way. I wish people actually really, truly understood what workers' comp was about. And it's not about being paid. It's about getting the the benefits and the rights you actually deserve. Absolutely. And I, and I see that happen all the time. That's what I meant. Like they'll call or their family member will tell them you need an attorney and it's not their coworker. Oh, like you said, Bugs Bunny. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so true. Definitely something that um, I think is happening across the board for sure. <laughs> all right. So now I want to get to know you a little bit better and more personal. We've gone, you know, got to work stuff out of the way. <laughs> So (laughs) we'll go back to, but now I want to know one thing that everyone should know about you that maybe we don't know already. Like one thing. Oh gosh. Um, (laughs) one thing about me that you guys don't, so nobody really knows that. So I'm, I'm genuinely nice and genuinely helpful and I'm a people person but sometimes on the road I have a little bit of road rage and so (laughs) it has gotten a lot better since I got my kids because one day I was driving to work and somebody he I guess he thought I cut him off which I really didn't because I always indicate I'm a good driver I put the indicator on when I'm changing lanes in any case he went around me and cut right in front of me and slammed on his brake 
right? And I started screaming in the car and I had my little daughter in the back seat. What's wrong, <laughs> mommy? She's in her car seat and everything. She barely talked. And I was like, that, ah, yeah, uh, that's a really bad man, right? So I'm going around the bad man. And then my daughter goes, well, the bad man's waving at me. And I looked yeah. and this guy was shooting the birdie, right? Left and right and screaming in his car. And, <laughs> and then I said, I cannot like let my anger like go crazy in the car when I have kids because then the bad man who's waving his finger could be waving something else. And so I've learned to control my road rage a little bit more. It's hard and to you live in Miami, right? Or Broward, same thing. I'm in Broward, Broward but I happen to be in Miami <laughs> when that happens. Well, Miami is so bad. I also suffer from that same <laughs> problem. And I am also trying to control myself because things are bad out there now. It's not like before where he's just like, yeah, but now they're like, I'm going to shoot you. Yeah, exactly. So, and right? you see all those horror stories that, you know, you see on the news, but no, it sometimes is very difficult to control. I saw this meme the other day. It was hilarious. I think you'll find it funny because it was like, it was sort of, it was like a road rage um, little joke meme. And it was like the lady, it was the lady behind, they were at a McDonald's and the lady, the, the, the story goes, the lady was at a McDonald's, a lady behind her was being really rude. So she went ahead and paid for her food. So like the lady's like, oh, wow, she paid for her food, but the lady took her food. <laughs> She's like, I paid for it. It's mine. <laughs> like, yeah. Want to be rude? I'm going to take your food. <laughs> oh my so, gosh. Yeah, you know, it, so I was like laughing so funny when I read that because it's so like, you get so mad. Oh, it's just, I know. Oh, it just, I don't know. It happens to me all the time. And I do try to control it because we're smart. We know that's mm -hmm. the wrong thing to do. But sometimes it's like, it's this like rage that comes like it's uncontrollable. But then sometimes like, I can't help it. And then yeah. my husband's like, why did you do it? I was like, I just couldn't help it this time. And then you just have to like, okay, remember, they can just shoot you right now. Like, calm down, calm down. So it's like, yeah, so I'm working on it, but I, I totally, totally understand. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> All right, let's see. Can you tell us about one accomplishment in your career that you're proud of? I'm pretty sure you have a lot. I do, but I think what I'm most proud of is my old days at Royal Caribbean when I created that workers' comp program, I realized that as established, so for you guys that don't know, all the companies out there that you think are so established and have it all together, unless you're working in the company, they probably may not, right? So what I learned was Royal Caribbean did not have an established workers' comp program. They were 100% relying on their TPA. And so I went in and I said, this is ridiculous. How do you have a third party vendor controlling all of your decision making and everything that you do? And so the more I learned about workers comp was the more I realized that we weren't doing it right or we could do it better. And so I started the basis. I laid the platform. I, I created the program. And the last thing I did before I left the cruise line industry to go to first service residential was create this kind of hybrid program between workers comp and maritime because we had um, we had these um, entertainers, right, that worked for the cruise line. So you don't become 
a maritime employee till your feet touch the ship. And so we housed them, right? We did their transportation, we housed them. They're not really a um, Marine associate yet. They're not quite a shoreside associate. They're kind of in between and they were getting injured. They were getting injured in the dance studio. They were getting injured practicing and we didn't really have an insurance company to pick them up and it was this gray area. And so the last thing I did was to create like a hybrid workers comp program, right? We use specific doctors, specific um, insurances. We, you know, we still handled everything, their needs, kind of like workers comp and kind of like Jones Act um, maritime associates. Oh, wow. So definitely that's a lot. And that's something really big to be very proud of and accomplished. Congratulations to you. <laughs> I've always known you're a star. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's see, what has been one of the most adventurous things you've done in your life? Oh, wow. No so work related. I know it's been a lot. Um, my husband and I had the had we were blessed and had the ability to travel the world almost before children got here. I don't know, the children got here and it was like, <laughs> but <laughs> I think one of our greatest trips was um, doing our Scandinavia, Russia trip. And so I had the opportunity to actually go to Russia and be there for two days and be there overnight. And um, people have a lot to say about Russia, but I, I have to tell you, I did not feel safe while I was in Russia, but I felt a certain connection to the people that were there. And I kind of felt sorry because they they couldn't express themselves the way that they wanted to. And, um, and you can tell, and they would talk to you and, you know, it was very caged. They couldn't freely, like, we can express how we feel. I'm talking to you, Mary, Mari, and I can say what I want and not feel like there's going to be ramifications after this interview and nobody's going to, like, lock me in a closet or put a bag over my head and drag me, yeah. right? At least I don't think no, no, so. No, 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 it is. Maybe, no, just kidding. <laughs> but for me, that was, like, being really, um, that was just a part of the world that I don't think that I would do today. And so I'm glad I had the opportunity to do it and experienced it, did it with the person I love the most, my husband, uh, learned a little bit about the culture and the people. Um, would I go back? I don't know, but I love the language. I will tell you, Russian is one of the languages I love the most. Really? Um, I wish I could speak it, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Definitely interesting. And, and you did get to do something that, yeah, that probably won't be happening again for a while. So you got to experience something. And uh, yeah, I can't, I couldn't even imagine that, that, you know, feeling of not being able to express yourself, how hard that yeah, would be. It's sad. Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing that. <laughs> what is an inspiration in your life right now? So, you know, my kids inspire me. Um, I see a little bit of myself and my husband and my kids. I see a lot of my mom and my grandmother and my children. And so I think it's so interesting, these little mini me's that we create, right? And you think, oh, they like me or they like, but I see different people in them. And um, my daughter, especially, she's the first one, right? I got two, I, got, uh, I have my daughter and my son. My daughter's my eldest, my son is my baby. 
he'll always be my baby. Um, and they're different. They're very different. My, you know, the women in my family are very um, vocal. They're very strong women. My grandmother is the strongest woman I know. She died um, three days of her hundredth birthday, but it was just her body that gave out. Her mind was so still incredibly strong. And when I look at my daughter and I see her expressing herself and I'm like, that's my grandmother all over again, right? And and I'm pretty confident she's gonna be a successful woman in the world, especially when she, she's sitting there mimicking me, you know? She's like, she'll pick up the phone. Hello, this is Worker's Call. This is Stacey oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, She got it from her mama and her grandma, <laughs> her great grandma. <laughs> that's so cute. Um, what is one of your hobbies right now? Do you have any hobbies? I do. So when I was younger, I loved reading. I loved writing and I loved dancing. Um, I can't do the dancing anymore because I don't have time. I don't do the reading anymore because I don't have time. I still do the writing. So I do a lot of writing. I, I love writing poetry. Um, I do one day want to write a book when I have time. Um, but now I... You know, now I find myself actually doing martial arts. You know, I, I put the kids in it and I loved watching them do their martial arts. And now my husband and I are doing it as well. So the whole family is doing martial uh, arts. So don't break into my house in like two years. No, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. No, I wish I would have gotten into martial arts. I think that's super cool. And I think having your kids be able to defend themselves is really important in today's world yeah. you know so i think that is one thing every parent should do is definitely provide their kids with that sort of you know like martial arts or self-defense anything that can help them help them defend themselves because you know how things are now it's not like when we went to school it's totally different it's totally so different it's Mm -hmm. that kids definitely need to scary but they do need it <laughs> so what is one thing that you've always wanted to do but have been scared to do if you're scared so, you know? <laughs> I've always wanted to go skydiving I still want to do it but I'm now that I'm older I'm even more terrified so I don't know unless I have to, which means somebody pushed me out the plane. <laughs> They're gonna have to push me. I wouldn't even get on the plane. Uh -uh. I don't think it's gonna happen. <laughs> oh, I can't even even think of that. That terrifies me so much. I saw this. I, you probably saw it too on. I don't know where I saw it. Probably social media somewhere. That one lady, like she's like a hundred years old or maybe a little. I old. saw it. Yes, she's she's either a hundred or a hundred and one. Something like that. She was. Yeah, I saw her and I was like, she had no fear. <laughs> Listen, she landed. She probably landed better than I would if I did it. <laughs> crazy. So, uh, you know, definitely motivational to see someone do it. But I, I just, I couldn't, couldn't, couldn't. <laughs> I assure you, if I get the courage at 100 years old, Mari, I am going to send you a text and say, you have <laughs> Tell me. to watch, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. No, I, I don't, I'll pass. <laughs> so let me ask, what is something that you notice about someone when you first meet them? Their smile. Their smile. Yeah, it's the smile. Like that's the first thing I notice and the lack of the smile, right? 
I always smile. I don't care what meeting it is or what room I'm walking in or who it is, unless I'm in the middle of road rage. Um, <laughs> and I'm probably smiling while I'm cursing you out. I don't know. But it, I usually that's the first thing I notice is somebody's smile because the smile says a lot. Um, you know, you can read a person's soul through their eyes. And that smile, right, changes the shape of your eye. And, you know, you can kind of tell the genuine smile. And I'm smiling because this is what's expected of me. That's very sweet. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you value more, intelligence or common sense? So, you know, I think they go hand in hand. Okay. I think if you don't have intelligence, then you have no common sense. It takes a certain amount of knowledge to have the common sense, right? So if you don't know or learn or something, then you don't have common sense. If, if you didn't learn about danger, then you wouldn't have common sense if you walked into a dangerous room. True. I've met some really intelligent people though, with zero <laughs> common sense. <laughs> And I can tell you off record. <laughs> with zero common sense. But you definitely make a good point. <laughs> And I, you kind of said you always smile. So my next question is, what makes you smile the most? <laughs> Ooh, well, you know, I'm always, I'm not, well, maybe not always, but I smile a lot. But I think um, I find, so, right, you got to laugh to keep from crying. Um, <laughs> Laughter is good for the soul. And so I will find, like, I love a good joke. I love funny people. I love funny people. My husband makes me laugh all the time, even when I'm mad at him, right? He will just stand there with this look on his face, right? He's not even saying whole attitude. <laughs> yes. And then I'm like, and I can't like stay mad right exactly like I'm mad don't make me laugh no I get it laughter is very important and it's, it's just something that can definitely change our mood it can change a lot of things so I love that <laughs> how do you find balance with your work life and home life you kind of touched a little bit about that but I want to know how you actually find that balance we do so it's rough I think the hardest year of my entire life was 2020 In 2020, it, the world changed and nobody knew, nobody, we hadn't been through this for a hundred years, right? In 1920 was the last time that there was a pandemic and I wasn't here. My grandmother was, she was just born, mm -hmm. um, but none of us. And so I, I found that the work, they didn't know how to respond. The schools didn't know how to respond. Um, we as a nation didn't know how to respond. And that was the most challenging year of my life. I thought I was going to go crazy. I had to do everything. I, I was a teacher. I was working full time. I was trying to help the company create protocol around COVID. I was learning new law around COVID. Um, doctors didn't want to see patients. Everybody wore masks. Don't wear a mask. Wear a mask. Wear a double mask. It was crazy. And I was, a, I was at the, the, the binge or the point that I really was going to lose my mind. And, and trying to stay healthy too, because I was trying to stay healthy. I was trying to keep everybody healthy. I had, I was like doing the shopping for my mom who was terrified to leave the house. And my boss said to me, if you don't do it, then what? 
right? That was just her. And I would, cause I was like, cause I got to do it. And she just kept saying, and if you don't do it, then what? If you don't do it, then what? And I start, and so I stopped and I started to say, if I don't do this, then what? If I don't wash the dishes, then what? If I don't finish this project, then what? If I don't do this, then what? And you know, and then it, it helped me to create balance. It helped me to prioritize what was actually more important than other things. I, I totally agree with you that we have a lot of projects ourselves right now at home. My house has always been under construction. My husband loves to build the he's Bob the Builder. <laughs> it's always in construction and we always host Thanksgiving at home. And he, he has like a, a lot of stuff going on in the backyard and he has to get things done. And he was super stressful this weekend. And I'm like, okay, but if you don't get it done, then what? Like, is the police <laughs> going to come in here and take, take you and say you're so, like, who, who's going to come in here and force you? Like, it's okay if you don't get it yeah. Yeah. He was so stressful his blood pressure was going I'm like it's okay <laughs> like and don't think, worry <laughs> yeah I think people need to be told that Mari because I honestly wouldn't have thought of it on my own had my boss not said it to me and maybe if you had not said it to your husband nobody like those are things that we need to be told like, yeah <laughs> even if you don't do the dishes right now oh I'm gonna do them later like you don't have to like be so hard on yourself you yeah. know, like who's gonna come in the dish police and say, "Stay fine, <laughs> your dishes right now. You're in trouble. You're grounded. You're punished. <laughs> I'm taking your paycheck away." Like you know, what what? Nothing's gonna happen. <laughs> you yeah. just do your, and you are more sane, more happy. So yeah, th those are things that we don't realize that we're sometimes really hard on ourselves when we shouldn't be, because it's not a life or death. You know, right. So there it, are the, things that are it, life or death, but most yeah. things that we do daily are not. Not. <laughs> so we're going to get into our rapid question section. This is my fun. This is, I love this section. <laughs> so we can go pretty fast in this section. Let's go. Coffee, tea, or soda? Coffee. <laughs> are you a night or day person? Night, for sure. Oh, dog or cat? Dog. Night in or night out in the town? Oh, so I like them both. <laughs> if I'm a, a night out in the town a lot, I need a night in. <laughs> yeah, balance. <laughs> Indoors or outdoors? Outdoors. For sure. Um, beach or mountains? Mountains. Yeah. Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. <laughs> Me <Chocolates>. too. <laughs> Text or phone call? Oh, depends on my mood. Um, <laughs> maybe more text. Because then they nowadays, right? <laughs> right? Nowadays, but then usually if you send me a certain text, then it prompts me to give a phone call. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's easier. Sometimes it's just easier, like get on the call. Exactly. Football or basketball? Mm, that was rough, but I think basketball. <laughs> Cake or pie? Cake for sure. <laughs> hamburger or tacos <laughs> hamburger hamburger and hamburger <laughs> i think i know this one passenger or driver it's a passenger for sure <laughs> yes i don't want you in the driving scene <laughs> online shopping or shopping in store so it was shopping in the store until i had my kids and then <laughs> i was like i turned to be an online shopper I think we all are right now, online shopping everywhere. <laughs> okay, what's worse, doing the laundries or doing your dishes? Doing the dishes. 
I know, right? <laughs> I know. Well, I, laundry gets me. I, I don't mind doing laundry, but putting it away. Oh, God, that's a whole other. <laughs> the next question, I always laugh because I always say it's a controversial question. So <laughs> pineapple on pizza. Yes or no? <laughs> so it's usually a no. I mean, I'll tolerate it. The Hawaiian pizza, right? But it's not my favorite. <laughs> yeah, most people say no. <laughs> TV or books? <laughs> it used to be books, but now it's TV. Oh, we change. People change. Seasons change. <laughs> <laughs> Beer or wine? Wine. <laughs> okay, we're almost getting to the end, but I still love these rapid questions because we get to know you. <laughs> Do you like um, a like a regular book or an ebook? Regular book. I'm old school. Okay, this one's market market research for me for the magazine because I'm always like, okay, but some people like electronics, so they'll like the magazine. Then I like hard copy. I'm old fashioned. I'm old fashioned. Okay, city or countryside? I am a city girl. I tried the country, and I was like, oh gosh, I can't do this. A city girl for sure. Winter <laughs> or summer? So, unfortunately, in Florida, all we have is summer. So I love it to go somewhere cold. It's like hard to say because all I have is summer, but I do enjoy going somewhere cold for just Absolutely. a short period of time. Yes, it's very refreshing. <laughs> Why I love it too. <laughs> What's your favorite color? Red is my favorite color. Mm -hmm. Good to know. <laughs> What's your favorite food? Pizza. I love pizza. <laughs> I love pizza. Pizza is like you can never go wrong with pizza. Like it's okay. absolutely have it for breakfast, lunch, dinner. It doesn't matter. <laughs> What's your favorite? Um, do you have a favorite movie or it could be a TV series or anything like that? So I do have a favorite TV series. It's the Jack Ryan series. I'm so disappointed that they're saying this is the last season of Jack Ryan um, because I enjoy it so, so much. I can watch it over and over and over again. And then I have two all-time favorite movies. So my first all-time favorite movie was Top Gun. And it was my favorite movie until um, Titanic came out with um, Leonardo DiCaprio. And I watched, <laughs> I think I watched Titanic like 20 times already. So that That's a long movie to watch. I know, and so my husband looks at me like I'm crazy. Yeah. Like, he'll be like, oh my God, you're watching it again. <laughs> like, I love Titanic, but I don't think I can watch it 20 times. It's so <laughs> it's a long. Movie. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. I love The Notebook. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really What's good your movie. Favorite too. holiday? Christmas. Christmas is my all time favorite holiday. That's the number one for almost everyone that have asked this question too. You know why Christmas is everyone's favorite? Because like not not that you have to celebrate Christmas, but everybody's like festive and nice, mm -hmm. right? Everybody's nice in the month of December. Tell me about it. Anytime I ask, can I come by and pass by your office for holiday goodies? Yes. <laughs> but ask them that in like February or March. I'm really busy. How about you come in December? <laughs> no, I don't even ask during that time anymore because I know the answer. <laughs> so I just wait. <laughs> My December, I can tell you I'm booked completely solid. Super busy. <laughs> what type of music do you like listening to? Oh, so it's, it depends on my mood. Um, I like listening to reggae music a lot, but not like like mellow reggae music, right? And 80s, right? The 80s, 
music is my all-time favorite. I listen to it all the time. My daughter's like, what music is that? Although she's listening to it now, but on TikTok, a different way. I'm yeah. like, mommy heard that song like a long time ago. It's not brand new. <laughs> listen, Reagan, it's perfect to help with the road rage if you have it on. It, yes. it helps. <laughs> Recommendation. <laughs> 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 so let's see what else I have for my rapid questions. Okay, this one. If you won $10 million tomorrow, what would you spend it on? Oh, that's, I love asking that. <laughs> I know. And so the rule is you're supposed to sit on it for the first year. You're not supposed to spend the money the first year. <laughs> I'm leaving the country that second. <laughs> my husband says, well, he's out of here. And he would just leave me in my same simple life. I'll right? think while I'm in the long flight. <laughs> Give me time to think. <laughs> I always wanted to seriously travel the world. Like go right where you can right some places you just can't go but I and some places that I've already been my kids haven't and I want them to have that full exposure of learning different cultures and learning about other parts of the world like the United States is not your all-time everything there are other countries that exist and so I would spend the money on that I would give other people the opportunity to have that exposure um I love that. I love thinking about it. It makes me like, oh, it's just really like there's so many people that that are stuck in their little bubble because they haven't had that exposure. And I think that that is terrible. Um, You know, some of it's because of circumstance. And so I cannot possibly spend $10 million on my own, although I'm sure a lot of people think they could. I, I just have this thing that, you know, it's not my money. So you want to make sure it grows. It continues to grow. So right. we get first. You shouldn't be greedy and hog it. it no. Is, it is something that you should share Always with the give world. so that you can get more back. But you do have to take that time to think. So you want to get on, you know, travel the world, think, and then see how I'm going to use this money to do right and give back and multiply it. You know, we got to think, but we have to travel the world while we do it. <laughs> I love that. I love that question. It just relaxes me just thinking about it. Like, yeah, you know, this is what I'll do. (laughs) So whenever you're stressed, just think of that question. Like, this is what I'm going to do. It helps. At least it helps me. (laughs) So, okay. Now we had fun. Now we got to know you. So I'm going to go back to, because we're almost at the end. Of course. I'm going to go back to some work come questions. And the first one I'm going to ask you, it's towards the end, is what do you look for when you are looking to add a doctor to your panel or just to work with that doctor? How do you how do you determine that? So, you know, unfortunately, we don't always get to meet the doctors, but we're blessed to have your company and your organization to go ahead and put the two together. So it is refreshing to actually have the opportunity to meet a doctor, talk to a doctor, learn about a doctor. But I think what's important is that that doctor doesn't lose their core values. And at the end of the day, it's about getting the person back to a base point or back to, you know, helping them. So they have to have that integrity about them. They have to have the skill, the knowledge, um, and right, the the environment and the learning never stops. So a doctor who feels like they don't need to continue or better their education, that's a done deal for me. You know, the learning never stops. Continue, get better at what you're doing. You're never gonna be a 100% pro because there's always room for growth. And so those doctors that actually find the time to do that, 
talk to people like me and adjusters to er learn the other aspect or spectrum of the field. Those are important key components for myself. Absolutely. Great answer. And I, I tell that to my doctors all the time. And I think the majority of my doctors, you know, there's always going to be some that do feel that way. And then those are the ones we don't want to work with. But um, for, you know, luckily I've been, you know, blessed to work with a lot of doctors that do feel that way, that they're constantly learning, that they're constantly wanting to do the CEUs, you know, and share their perspectives, which I think is very important. We need to do more of so that because it's all the teamwork at the end of the day. <laughs> Everyone's, you know, we're all on the same team and we're all trying to help that injured worker get back to work. And that's all that really matters, um, I think. Um, so what changes or improvement do you feel are necessary in the workers' comp industry right now, if any? So, you know, it's funny, our industry has not changed, right? It has been the same from, and I understand we need a workers comp because there were some pretty bad employers out there taking advantage of their workers and they didn't have rights. And so these things need to be created and they created them, but they've not changed them. And so, you know, I'm kind of like, you know, some adjustments need to be made. Um, I feel like there's really no accountability on the injured worker for for their injury. I, you know, listen, 400 plus injuries a year. I've seen some pretty stupid stuff. And yeah. I think, you know, not having maybe if we even introduce the slight bit of comparative fault in the into the injury, then maybe people would think twice about some of the things they do or they wouldn't do it again, right? You know, I think it's shame, shame, shame to have an injured worker with the same injury that was completely preventable, have it again, right? Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, you didn't learn your lesson, you got injured and here we go again. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we don't want that. <laughs> they gotta work on that <laughs> for sure. So what strategies do you use to make sure that you are having clear communication with everyone involved in, in your cases, whether the doctor, your adjuster, your team, your safety? How, how do you work with that communication? What, what's, how do you do it? So, right, you said, the, you said the number one most important word, I think for this industry, and especially for me dealing with doctors and everybody, and that is that word, communication. Absolutely. Right. And so it is important to hear what the injured worker has to say. It's important to hear maybe the legal aspect of that. It's important to hear why the doctor did what he or she did. It's important for the doctor to know how I feel. Right. And, and get so we can get the injured worker. You know, my philosophy is I come to work every day and that injured worker is not just an employee. I, I treat everybody like they're a family member. It could be my dad, my brother, my son, my daughter, my mom, whoever that injured worker is, they come from a family, right? They didn't, you just didn't exist in the world all yeah. alone. You can just go poof and you were there. The injured worker actually came from somewhere or has a family. And at the end of the day, my injury, what they were doing for me that happened, the legitimate injury, right? Does affect the quality of life. It's affecting, it's like a, a domino effect. Yeah, it right? was an So it's important that everybody is communicating because there's not any one person that's a decision maker when it comes to an injury, right? You gotta have, you gotta know what the injury is. You gotta know what you did and, and how you did it so you don't do it again. 
then you got to get treated for it and you got to have the right doctor who knows what they're doing and giving you the right recommendations. And, you know, let's face it, some injuries do have their own personal entity attached to it. And don't just say, no, I just did whatever you did at work. No, we understand that there is a catalyst effect, a domino effect. This affected this. And so, you know, tell my injured worker, yes, I can only treat you for this, but you do realize you need additional treatment for your personal things. And these are my recommendations. I love that. You definitely have an amazing program set in place. You learned 20 years ago what you were doing and you got it right, I think. But you said something too that is really important and is part of our, you know, to us when we're training the doctors is communication. That is number one, which is it is in life, right? And anything that we do, communication is the number one thing. So Stacey, I appreciate you so much for doing this. Any final thoughts, anything that I miss, anything that you want to share before we end no, I just want you to know, and I don't know if you get to hear this all the time, Mari, but I think what you've created is just a beautiful thing. Like, I don't know anybody else that thought of putting the different pieces of the puzzle together. It's so important, and I don't know why it wasn't done before. And if it was, why we didn't know about it, but you are Speak an intricate me. part, <laughs> right? An intricate part. It as Thank to you. <laughs> why we do what we do and you actually make us realize the importance of what we do and just I love talking to you I love being around you I love being around your people I love the beautiful thing that you've put together you took like a canvas and you made a Picasso out of it and I don't know too many people that can do that and so I know and I don't hear this all the time no I don't hear this all the time I'm gonna put it on record so I can listen to it every morning that's gonna be my <laughs> thank you Stacey. I believe it's a gift <laughs> don't ever lose your gift thank you Stacey I do definitely love what I do and every day we're like you said we're always evolving learning I'm always trying to figure out what what can I do better how can I make things better how can I you know find ways to me it's always around wellness is where I'm really focused on because I know in our industry right now there a lot of the adjusters and the risk managers that I work with are really there's a lot on their plate and how can I, you know, I'm always looking to pivot and evolve. How can I, what can I do to at least help and aid with that? So th this really means a lot to me that at <laughs> least you're seeing it, right? So it makes everything I, I do. Seeing it. I am seeing it. Don't ever stop. No, oh, love you, Stacy. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. And again, thank you for being here. <laughs>